Amen. Freedom. We all want it, don't we? What is it? How do we attain it? How do we move from grown to grace? How do we move from no one to someone? How do we get off the rat wheel? (laughs) One thing after the next. To be received as a human being, created in the image of God. We have a great text this morning. It's a story of Exodus. We're picking up little bits and pieces, making our way through it. I'd like to read this text with you. Uh, together, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Then we're going to pick the story back up in uh, verses 22 and read through 6, verse 8. Here we go. The reading of God. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, now check this out, they're going to have an HR meeting. It's not going to go well. So Moses and Aaron set up an appointment with HR and Pharaoh to talk through things. The people are a little bit tired. They're overworked. They're underpaid. They're not happy. This is what the Lord, the God, uh, let me start again. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Let my people go. so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Oh, you have a different version. Let me read yours. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. This is not a good HR meeting. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. All they want is a day off to go worship, kind of like us. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land, they're numerous, and you're stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. Double whammy. Now they have less help. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. Has anybody heard that before? Right? Philip, you said that a little too enthusiastically. (laughs) So did you, Chris. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they'll keep working. And pay no attention to lies. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, this isn't working out too good. Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, ever since you heard the groan, this so-called thing called grace, ever since you made me no one to someone, this isn't working out real well. You brought trouble on our people, and you've not rescued us at all. Things are only getting worse. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, 
he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my... Can we go back one? Can we go back one slide? Hey, thank you very much. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egypt. Notice all the I pronouns. I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. The word. There's a lot in there. Thanks for your patience and putting your seatbelt on as we read our way through it. Let's pray together as we get started. Perhaps the most gospel thing that we could do today, Lord, is to speak less and to acknowledge your presence more. Perhaps silence to just bask and bathe in you, King of Kings, the great I am, the one that is doing what you promised you would do, even though so often we just can't see it. And even when we take it to HR, it seems like things get worse before they get better. And so we breathe in the promise of grace, and we exhale our discouragement and our disappointment. And we feel the knot in our stomach begin to dissolve. Because the quotas will always be there. And yet you transcend the quota. Our worth is found in you and in nothing else. May that good news transcend to my friends this day. Because I confess at times we're all tired. Hear our prayers. Amen. Hang with me on this story. It's a good one by the time we get to the end of it. The Drew family was making a short drive from their house to their neighborhood pool. Their young son was in the back seat. Mom was driving so slowly that the automatic car door locks never had a chance to kick in. Their young boy, Noah, being a young boy called Noah, accidentally opened the door and fell out of the car. 
Mom didn't know. It happened too fast. She ran over her little boy. Didn't know what it was at first. It felt like a speed bump. Stopped the car. Dad got out of the car, ran out to the back. Noah was on the ground in pain. He's alive, he said. He's alive. He was kind of bloody and scraped up. Mom stopped the car, got out of the car. They put Noah in the back seat. Mom sat with him as Ben, the dad, drove to the emergency room. He was convulsing. He was covered in blood, scratches, scrapes. Incredibly, no broken bones. A 5,000-pound car had just run over this tiny little boy, and no broken bones. All he had had was a couple of cuts, a few bruises, a lot of tears, and a lot of hugs. Later that night, Noah's mom, Anna, dropped to her knees and prayed by the side of his bed and just said, thank you, God, for sparing my son. And then, like most of us would do, and I probably would have just done this right away, she got up from her knees and got in bed with her little boy, and she thought he was sleeping, and she put her, put her, her arms around him, and All of a sudden, little Noah said, Mommy, Jesus catched me. She said, he he did. Noah replied, yeah, Jesus catched me. And I just told Jesus, thank you. And he told me, you're very welcome. The next day, they were going through the regular paperwork again and getting ready to be discharged, and it seems like out of nowhere, little Noah said, Mama, Jesus has brown hands. Oh, he does. Yeah, and he has brown hair, too. And you know what else? He caught me like this and laid me down on the ground. No more details. Very nonchalant. That was it. Later that night he prayed again. Jesus, thank you for catching me. I think Jesus delights in catching us more than we like getting ourselves into trouble. I said last week at the men's retreat, Jesus likes to forgive us more than we like to sin and get in trouble. Do you ever feel in your own life like you've just been run over by a 5,000-pound vehicle? If your work pressures and life pressures are reducing you to just being a human doer, then you feel like you've been run over by a 5,000-pound 
vehicle. If you feel that way, you ain't alone. That's theological language, by the way. And the Israelites felt that way too. The Israelites felt like they had just been run over by a 5,000-pound chariot that Pharaoh was backing out of his two-and-a-half-car garage. Israel simply wanted a little bit of human dignity. They wanted to be treated like human beings. They just wanted some time off. They only wanted to go worship this newly discovered God called the Great I Am. Why? Because God remembered them. God heard them. God was concerned about them. God wanted to help them. And he was ready to act in response to their groan. Because this God was in a, was in a covenant and a promise and a relationship with his people. This God is in the process of catching his folk. And yet now there's this ask, this visit to the HR department. doesn't go well. doesn't go well at all. In fact, it gets worse. Make more bricks. You're not going to get any help. In fact, we're going to up the quota. And the people do what people normally do. They did not receive that well. I think the text actually says they, they were discouraged. It's probably more like they grumbled and complained and wrote texts and emails and lots of letters. And Moses takes it right to God with Aaron and says, Hey, what are you doing here, pal? This wasn't the deal. I mean, we're just doing the right thing for the right reasons, and it's not turning out that well. And they grumbled because they needed somebody to blame. Because when there's somebody to blame, there's really nothing to work on. You know, the woodpecker inside the boat's way worse than the storm outside. And then this text blows my mind. There's this barrage of a pronoun. Did you catch it when I read it earlier? Let me find it. Chapter 6, verse 6, listen to this. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. I am the Lord your God. I will bring you to the land. I swore to you. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. And what's not read that we didn't read in the text is the very next verse. Despite the barrage of eyes, Moses goes and reports this to the Israelites, but they don't listen to him because they were discouraged. Anybody here discouraged? Tired? Just glad to be here? Are you in a fog? You know what? Jesus is still here to catch me. Jesus is still here to catch you. And we can move from being a human doer, counted by all the things that we do, to actually receive the dignity we were created to have, which is we're just human beings, plain and simple. It's got nothing to do with what we do. Wait, that didn't sound quite right. And we can move from a human doer to a human being. One promise, three gifts. And it's really simple. Check this out. God will do this. And you can't stop God. God's on the move. We can't quite see it yet, and neither could they. Not even a trip to the higher-ups could make it seem 
like things were progressing in a good direction. But simply they are. We know the rest of the story. God's going to do this thing. I am. I will. Not me, but God. I will do this. I will do this. I, 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 I. You can't get in the way of God. In Acts chapter 5, Gamaliel, remember that amazing Pharisee who actually had faith in God said this, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it's going to fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You're only going to find yourselves fighting against God. And that's what Pharaoh is soon to discover. He's only going to fight against God. God's in the business. Mama, Jesus catched me. So those times when you feel like you've been run over a 5, 000, by a 5,000-pound car, Jesus is still catching you and me. Certainly you. That's the promise. That's the text. That's the gospel. Even in our discouragement and cruel bondage, it says... And you know what else I think comes from this text? And I'm going to go quick. You're given a voice at the table. Every single one of us is going to be freed to be given a voice at the table. No, one's, no one is disbarred from the table. We're given a voice. You know what? You can only do you, my friend Eric. So you do you. All right? I can't do you. You can't do me. Do you. Be Eric Schreiner. God's in the business of catching you. You know, Dave, you were barking at me earlier. How do I not single you out right now, you know? I can't do Dave Miller. Can anybody here do Dave Miller? <laughs> Nobody can do Dave Miller. So Dave Miller, you better do Dave Miller because you know what? God's in the business of catching you. And I could go around the room Probably should. It might feel real good. Denise, I can't do Denise. But you can. You do Denise. You do Denise Easton. Because God's in the business of catching you. God already caught Sky, so I'm not going to bring him up again. <laughs> right? And you can't do me. I can't even do me. God's in the business of catching me. That's a promise. That's a truth. You feel like you got ran over by a 5,000-pound vehicle? Jesus is in the business of catching you. So you just do you as long as you got breath. That's what it means to be a human being. It's got nothing to do with what you do. It's about our position as a human being in and through Jesus Christ. We've all got a voice at the table. We're given a story to share. We heard a couple stories already today. There's plenty more stories in this room. Those stories need to be told and those stories need to be heard. And that story is coming from this text as well. You see it in the text? There's a story here. It's in its, it's in its infancy stage. But this story is going to get really, really good.
And when you go out and you tell that story, tell it with deep and profound sense of humility. I can pretty much assure you that Moses didn't want this job. We saw that last week. And frankly, neither did Aaron. And my guess is everybody throughout Scripture didn't want the job they were given, including Jesus. Father, will you please remove this cup before me? I'm not interested. And yet, and yet, I will, I will, I will, I will. All the way through. I want you to be encouraged today. Yeah, because we all feel like we got ran over by a 5,000-pound car. But don't you just love the profundity of a little boy named Noah? Mama, Jesus catched me. Maybe we just sit and rest in that place for a little while. That's kind of a nice place to be on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Jesus catched me. It's not about what I do. It's just quite simply about who I am. When you leave the sanctuary this morning, there's... Uh, walk out the patio <laughs> courtyard that's the word I was looking for there's a courtyard out there and there's a, a round table and on that round table there's a there's a prayer wall for people called dreamers that are struggling to be seen as human beings the quote has been upped all the HR visits haven't gone well. The people have been groaning, and it's not happening yet. There's a prayer wall there, and you can write a prayer and put a ribbon on a chicken-wired screen. Because in the midst of all of that, there still is this fabulous promise, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. They've been given a voice at the table. They've been given a story to share. They have been sent out in humility. And I know that at least 90% of you statistically will agree with that, and probably 10% of you may not, at least statistically. But no matter what, they're still human beings. We're still our brothers and sisters. Let's pray. I, I don't know why it is, God, but every page, almost every page in this book, you're catching somebody. From the worst of the worst to the best of the best. You just catch us. 
because being in a relationship with you as a human is more important than anything we do. And you've proven that in a promise and in a person called your son Christ and in an act on Friday called the crucifixion and a celebration on Easter Sunday called the resurrection to tell every single one of us that nothing can ever get in the way of the truth of the matter that you created all of us equally in your image and you called us very good and you love to forgive way more than we love to screw things up thank you God for catching us amen Thank you, Pastor Toby. I will continue to think about